Good afternoon, everybody. It occurred to me yesterday when I was thinking a little bit about assessment that as I read articles about the problems parents have with teaching their kids at home, one of the biggest problems that they must have, and one of the problems I had at the beginning of my career, was understanding what exactly to expect from my students. I remember being called into the principal's office at a school where I was practice teaching, and the principal spoke to me because my associate teacher had thought I was having a lot of trouble. And the principal said, well, I really don't understand, Howard, why you're going into teaching. You're too smart to be a teacher. You jump quickly from one thing to another without all the little steps in between. And so it's hard for you to plan a lesson. It took me a long time to understand the wisdom of what he said. And it took me coming to understand about what we call the scaffold of learning. We understand that students have concepts that they are constantly reinforcing and expanding on. And over time, they go from one rung to the next rung to the next rung trying to develop their concepts. If you think about numbers, it takes a long time for the average student to understand the concept of numbers and how arithmetic goes with those numbers. Good students don't need as much time as students who have deficits in learning. But the point is that every student takes steps as they go from one rung to another. And we talk about that gap between what they do know and where we want them to go, to go as the zone of proximal development. We understand now as teachers that when we try to push a student to go too far in one step, they get very frustrated. And when we try to make it too easy for them, they get frustrated because they're bored. The trick is to find just the right bit of a jump for a student to learn. And as parents, we understand that that can be very difficult. We understand that there are that we see what our students are struggling with and don't always have the patience they need in order to learn properly without being frustrated or bored. It takes a long time for us as teachers to understand the little steps. But before we understand the little steps, we have to get it into our head. No preconceived notions of what a child can do. When we're being 
parents of infants. We're amazed at how quickly they take off. We're amazed at every little step they take. As they get older, if they don't take such a big step, we think it's there's something wrong with them. But there's not. So we have to understand how to adjust our expectations when we sit with them in front of the in front of the computer and they're trying to learn something we have to work with them for sure but before we sit down with them we have to think about what to expect and how to modify our expectations in an earlier video i talked about how my father used to take me with him to caddy when he went to golf and how he used to get so frustrated because I couldn't exactly hold the golf club the right way and I couldn't exactly aim my golf ball. But if I went two or three times in the year, he didn't understand that I needed lots of practice. If we use the analogy, and I often do with, I often did when I taught teachers in training, use the analogy of sports or music, learning to play a musical instrument or learning about a sport and being proficient in playing a sport. Good athletes, good players, whether they be of a sport or an instrument, spend years developing their skills so that when they need it, they can call on those skills. But when we're sitting with our kids and they're trying to learn something, we don't think about that. We think about, we need to get this done right away. Why can't you understand this? Look, I'll show you. And as soon as we do that, what's the message we send to our kids? The same as what my father sent to me when I would be hitting golf balls. That I wasn't good enough. That I could never understand or ever learn. It took me a lifetime to understand that I certainly was good enough. But I built up a wall between what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go because I didn't have enough confidence in my abilities. So when you sit with a child in front of the computer, before you judge what they're struggling with, you have to think about what to expect from them, taking into account what you know to be their general ability level and what you know they already should be able to do, and what you know they have to be able to do going down the road. You have to break the learning up into pieces. To give you an example of that, when we start to teach students number sense, we teach them the numbers, 1 to 10. We talk to them about one, what 10 is and what 5 is and what 3 is. And we use concrete examples to help them understand plus and minus. They need to understand plus and minus before they can move on to multiplication. And when they move on to multiplication, they have to understand one digit by one digit. 2 by 5, 3 by 7, 9 by 2, before we go into 
21 by 3 and 46 by 5. So we break up the learning because it conforms with how we understand that they're processing what they're trying to learn and the skills they're trying to develop. Similarly, oftentimes parents who are good at spelling get frustrated because their kids can't spell. They have to use the words that you want them to spell and you have to get them to write. If you're trying to get your child to understand how to create a story, you have to give them some ideas of what to talk about and help them get started. And then when they need help, you have to take them through that zone of proximal development. It's always about the zone of proximal development. And over time, for them and for you, you will come to understand how to help your child make progress. And whether you want to accept it or not, this type of learning that we're experiment so many are experimenting with now online learning is not going to go away we are learning that there are advantages to using technology because we can individualize what the student is learning it's not one teacher standing in front of 30 being the sage on the stage it's one teacher talking to 30 people in 30 different places being the guide on the side when everybody's having a problem that's when we talk to them all but if everybody's not having that same problem then we shouldn't hold the ones that are able to move fast back that's the zone of proximal development. Because if we don't make that zone big enough for a capable student, they're going to get bored. The same as if we make it too narrow for a student who is having trouble, they're going to be bored or they're going to be frustrated. It's all about modulating that zone of proximal development and aiming for something that will force them to learn without being bored or frustrated. When we ask kids to reach for something, they can do it. If we ask them to reach too far, not everybody will be able to. And if we don't ask them to reach far enough, they give up and they say, oh, they don't have any confidence in me. So think about the zone of proximal development and think about modulating what you expect from them in front of the laptop at home so that they don't get frustrated and bother you and they don't get bored and bother you. That way, everybody gets what they need. Remember, the zone of proximal development and modulating your expectations at any one time. Good luck.